0: Welcome back to the In the Abyss Metal Podcast. Uh, I am your host, Jerry Drugenza. I'll be joined, as ever, by Padre and Anthony Daniel. Um, and tonight we'll be talking about Iron Fucking Maiden, because what? Well, because we can, basically. Um, and we're going to lick their boots and fawn all over them for an hour or so. Um, if you want to get in touch with us usual ways by email in the at gmail.com uh, on Instagram at Jerry Truggenza, at merch in the abyss on Twitter in the abyss UK and at, on Facebook also in the abyss UK um, so yeah let's That's get cool. on with it All right your of cunts?
1: <clears throat> language sorry apologies how are you both gentlemen I'm quite I'm quite well today
2: yeah I'm, I'm
1: good i'm, I'm <laughs> bubbling over with the enthusiasm let the magic start are you sure it's not just you know christian celebrations that are getting you excited no i think they were really kind of getting me down i mean because you're just like <sighs> what? just kind of kowtowed by the just the sheer hypocrisy of it hypocrisy really? yeah it just uh, on, the, 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 the hypocrisy of ritual you know, that's like that's, oh, that's you know, a death know, metal. I can, that's can, act, a death I can metal. act like the way I want because I can just forgive you. Well, you don't even forgive me.
0: <laughs> yeah, but the, the forgiveness matters when you you get up to those pearly gates and and
2: you you're just allowed to uh, walk in. Uh, you know, pearly gate. I, so I didn't realise those gates were just up the road in uh, near Croydon. Pearly gates, you prick. That's,
0: for anyone anyone outside of London. Apparently, that's funny.
1: And there's nothing funny about London. <laughs> <laughs> London stopped being funny in the 70s. London's still pretty funny.
0: And how are you? You right?
2: right? I'm good, yeah, busy. Celebrating yeah. Easter
0: like a true Christian?
2: Well, I haven't eaten chocolate um, for a while. That's for so... Sunday. One step at <laughs> a time. <laughs> no. no, I'm off for chocolate at the moment. Um, I've got cakes. I've got lots of cakes. All right. And lot stuff that Bernard Manning was uh, warning us about either. Bernard uh, Manning?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah.
2: The Bernard it, Manning? Turns into a grab or
0: something. That's quite an obscure reference. That is. That is a bit. Why? What? Why did Bernard Manning warn us about
1: cakes? It, no, it's the Brass Eye thing. Oh, oh, bra- oh okay, yeah. yeah. With yes. the with the, the drug cake, oh, and um, cake, they yeah, yeah. they actually got it. They did such a good job of it. They got it mentioned in the um, parliamentary minutes. Yeah.
2: Well, let's be honest, though. Every every headline in the news these days is a. Is a brass aisle day-to-day headline. It's, it's the, the,
1: the day-to-day was absolute genius. Genius. Yeah, the, 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 I mean, just for the Alan Partridge football commentary alone. <laughs> Boo! <Bruce, laughs> eat my goal! <laughs> yes. Yes. That was a goal. I just, <laughs> I just want to
0: remind you that this is a metal podcast. <laughs> it's, it's not an Alan Partridge podcast. But they... If you
1: haven't seen the day-to-day, go and see it now.
0: Yeah, anybody who hasn't seen that, it's um, age appropriate, and I can imagine a lot of people these days will probably
1: find it offensive. But it's still absolute genius. But it's quite so. prescient though, because like a lot of the stuff they brought up on that is, that, you know, and you thought, no, that's that's the sensation, sensationalist, and it's come true now. I mean, if you just look at Sky News, Fox News, CNN, you know, it's like they're it, it's it's a it, 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 they're almost parodying the day to day rather than the day to day parodying them. It's. Yeah, you're probably Strange. right.
0: You're probably right. But if um if you are what is known as woke these days, you will probably find it offensive. But if you do find it offensive, go fuck yourselves. Um anyway, on to uh on to what we, we normally talk about. Um Padre, first and foremost, did you listen to Stalingrad this week?
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> what an absolute pile of garbage. I I watched it. I played it to people at work. I I, I tried I, I tried to approach it with an open mind. I've always found accept to be quite funny. I love the fact that Kerrang at one point when they first released Balls to the Wall were like hailing them as like the next big thing in British metal, that like they were gonna push it further than they were gonna take over from Maiden and like you know, that, that lineage. Well, even though and they're then, German. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Um, and then uh, people found out they were gay. No, it's,
0: it. well, it's only it's only Udo that's gay, isn't it? Not that that should
1: matter, but no, it doesn't but, matter. But you know, it's a, a lot. I mean, it's it's taken it's taken heavy metal a long time to really become comfortable with the homoeroticism that's in metal that most people knew was there knew was there to begin with. I mean, have you ever seen the um, the comedian Steve Hughes? Yeah. Do this do the skit on. Uh,
0: homosexuality and metal. I'm not sure whether I've seen that. My favourite Steve Hughes skit is about Dodgers, goths on
1: Dodgers. It's, it's it's hilarious.
2: But, <laughs> I do this chap. I'm gonna have to but, check okay, him out. So You've
1: got to check him he's, out. He's, he's he's a metal fan. He's a, he's an Australian comedian. He's been in the UK for years now, and um, he's in a he was in a band called Slaughter Lord. I think it's like a kind Something of like that, yeah, death metal band. I mean, there's the really funny. Uh, joke he's got when um, he's talking about he was someone broke into his flat in Manchester while he was actually in the flat and he kind of came to and someone's just got like a standing in his in his living room with a machete and he's like who's this
2: cunt
1: and um, <laughs> they're like uh, you know where's where's all your where's all your valuables where's all your goods he said <laughs> you're broken into the wrong flat here mate and he just goes the only thing I've got I, the only thing I've got of value in this flat is about five hundred heavy metal CDs. And I don't want to be stereotypical, but you look like you're into (laughs) hip-hop.
0: Yeah, and and seriously, go go and check him out. He's hilarious. And, yeah, for me, it's it's goths on Dodgems. You need to to watch it. It's probably on YouTube. Go and watch it. It's brilliant. And anybody who's listening who hasn't seen him do his
2: stuff. Yeah. I like comedians I can actually get. I mean, as well, people like Bill Bailey and Andrew Andrew O'Neill. The laminated book of dreams. Yeah. <laughs> and why are they laminated? <laughs> to catch the tears of joy. Yeah.
1: So many <laughs> precious things: the tiny pens, the pieces of paper, the mystic wardens of the treasure.
0: Um. Right. There mm. are other people on this podcast, <laughs> I listen, so I got a really um, insane memory. I mean, I, I'm 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 opening a beer. And what have you been listening to?
2: Um, I've actually been having a bit of a norbum week. Norbam. a uh, Um, yeah, just because my metal listening has actually been quite slack in recent months. Shame on you. I'm trying to reconnect, uh, reconnect with the, um, the roots here and there. Bloody roots. Um, so yeah, it's, it's mainly been a mix of Motorhead, Diamondhead, and Merciful Head. No, Merciful Fate. <laughs> um, yeah, no, d- um, yeah, just wanted to a bit old school i think really um maybe just the best ofs uh but uh well yeah you know with those type of bands
0: what else is it going to be um but um for me i mean I, I saw saw a couple of posts this week that it's um i think 12 years is it 12 years or 14 years since pete Steele died to so, oh, dig out some classic typo a bit but, of bloody kisses
2: how on I, god I, I, I don't even want to know <laughs> I should, I haven't listened,
0: to, you know, you go back on it and it, it, it's, it, I don't know, for me, I ne- was never the biggest Type O fan, but that album's a classic.
2: Bloody, is it, yeah, Bloody Kisses was their main one, that's one with, um. oh, uh, Love number 1, wasn't yeah, it? Or, yeah, Black Black, like, yeah, whatever it's called. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, the main one. Absolutely classic. Um, but, um, yeah, no, I mean, they did what they did well, didn't they? Did, you know, just heavy, slow, sex goth.
0: yeah. Yeah, and it it just sounded New York, didn't it? Is it, everything about it sounded like it was from the alleyways of New York. But um, but yeah that, um the um Architects Live at Abbey Road recording is really good. Um with a with an orchestra or whatever it was, that's decent. Um New Carpenter Brute album, that's good. And that's yeah. obviously up your street. What do you think of it?
2: Yeah, enjoying it. Um yeah, it's a bit more it's a bit different from Leather Teeth. Um it's interesting because it's kind of, it 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 sounds like a metal album, but there's absolutely zero guitars on it.
0: Yeah, and it, and the album artwork—if if you didn't know anything about them and you saw that artwork in in sort of I don't know HMV or somewhere like that—you would think it's a metal
1: album.
2: Yeah, that's it. it, and it's it's bizarre. I mean, you you probably got sort of more preferred tracks, but the there's a track called "Lipstick Masquerade," which is basically just a full-on electro disco amplified through, you know, through, through a, you know, sort of metal uh, grinder, basically, <laughs> which has got a whacking great big chorus in, and it, it's, you know, it, it's the kind of song that you could play at a wedding and people would be like, Hey, this is actually bloody fantastic.
0: Banging tunes, but,
2: uh, man. But uh, yeah, no, no, um, absolutely loving, loving that album and love that artist. So,
0: yeah, we'll we'll yeah. come we'll come back to Synthwave maybe on a different episode. I don't think Padre is going to be all that happy, but, but, um, <laughs> I, I've well and truly got into it in the past year or so, and some of it's so fucking good. You might like it, Padre. You, you, you know, you like a fat
1: beat. You know, just... I mean, I, I don't know where to start. <sighs> I mean, you, you can describe things as, you know, a wave, new wave of British heavy metal, et cetera, et cetera, but I've got quite a aversion to anything that's got wave in its name. You know, I, I'm, I'm almost like at a genetic level. Okay, I don't like waves you know i make i make waves but i don't like them okay so like when i was you know living in korea and everything was like oh it's the korean wave fuck off it's not a wave it's a ripple at best okay and but now what are we left with bts i don't know what that is and you sounds like an engineering no, company no one should ever know what that is okay they're probably
2: the biggest pop group ever. planet
1: oh it's pop music is it okay yeah it's korean This, this is what happens though this is what happens when you've got an amalgamation of government foreign policy and pop culture because that's what it is they were so desperate so so desperate to create some kind of soft power and they've looked the korean government has looked around for years at with envy at japan and I kept saying this when I lived there. The problem is, it doesn't matter what you do. Japan is cool. You're not like Korea is like the Miller Lite <laughs> countries. Right? It's trapped between the Miller Genuine Draft of Japan and like maybe the Heineken of China in terms of culture. Yeah. So it's like they they've kind of state sponsored their pop music industry and their soap opera industry in order to try and create, you know, soft. Uh, there are some some element of soft power so i mean i think we're going to do an episode at some point when i get it sorted on k-pop and the uh, korean metal scene because it's very interesting and there's a, there's a there's a documentary out there that's actually made by one of my good friends ian or norse rage as he's that's a known as shout that, out to the, ian that's the name norse rage yeah yeah that, that's his facebook handle norse rage you can tell what music he listens to um, and he's from North Carolina, and he lived in Korea for years. And he made a documentary that was uh, an independent film, and was actually shown at independent film festivals. Called K Pop Killers, um, and it's all about the underground. That you know, everyone when they think of Korean music, they think of K Pop now. But there's there's quite a dark, dingy, vibrant underground metal scene in Korea. And uh, there's all, there's all kinds of cultural reasons why the kind of K Pop music is is what's popular because it kind of fits in with the kind of agenda as it were whereas any you know metal being subversive or goes against the grain especially in cultures that are rigid you know whereas Japan it's not like that I mean they will embrace things and just run with it I mean you when you can go to places in Japan there are vending machines for everything including you know like have you heard about the fetish bars out there where you there's like it's a railway carriage and you can pretend to grope someone on the on the railway carriage that's weird so they yeah but they, they but every you Know every kind of taste is catered to because it's like that's the release, and then they go back into society and it's very rigid, clean cut. You
0: know, all right, we're going
1: off on a I was about to re- say. Really, <laughs> really weird
0: tangent now, but <laughs> Sir? um, fetish bars and <laughs> trains and stuff like that. Um,
1: all right, we'll move on. Um, this week in metal, so hang on, hang on a sec. So basically. You just assume that you guys are the only people that have listened to something, this year, and I just get discriminated against. Well, oh, I, look you, at me. Oh, you oh, had... no. There's no, there's no, there's no ways to listen to anything new. You had your
2: homework.
0: You had your homework.
1: The, 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 look, I listened to Accept. Okay, it left a bad taste in my mouth. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't want any part of that. I mean, no, seriously, it was so overblown, right? And it, it wasn't even good. It wasn't even, good, you know, good in a ha ha, it's cheesy way. It was just absolute pants. All right. So what, I'm what, what have, what have you listened to this week then? Okay, so I've got it written down, <clears throat> so I can remember everything. So I found this new band that you might not have heard of. Um, they, one of them, they've got a really good track called um, "Is It uh, Breaking the Law." <laughs> <laughs> no, no, in all seriousness. Uh, Black Breath, Feast of the Damned. Black Breath, nice. Uh, like and also, Sacrilege is Pain.
2: Yeah, um, and I've got to say, know.
1: I think. For me, sacrilegious pain. Uh, you sent me the um, that one track uh, last weekend, but I've actually listened to their entire back catalog. Uh, well, I think last creature. Yeah, the lowest creature. The riff lowest on creature. That, sorry, yeah. The, the riff. The riff. On the end of that song, and I was listening to it on Saturday. And I think that I. Th- I remember saying to my office, said, I think that's possibly the best riff I've heard in the past fifteen years. It's quality. Uh, it's really um, good. And then I've got to say, and then and then I listened to Reapers Fall, and I was like, "Fuck me, this is even better." Um, and then I, mean, I think this is, you know, you because know, I've said before, like last week, I was, a, I'm a lazy music fan, right? And so I was just listening to Sacrilegious Pain. It played through everything, and that pops, uh, Black Breath. Yeah. And dear God, what a band! Just the riffs. Yeah. Spit on the cross is yes. an amazing song. Yes. Beast of the Dam is an amazing song. The fact they have um, a song called "Spit on the Cross" is yeah, is well, brilliant. And for for me as well, the, these these are references to things that you will only know about if you've got. Kind of a, a passing fancy for like medieval history because the spit on the cross that ties in with the, with the, the, the Knights Templar initiation rites where they had to spit on the cross and reject Christ yeah. as part of the initiation. So, you know, and it's, it's clever stuff. And I was reading about them in the week, you know, trying to get an idea of like what they are. I mean, obviously, technically, they're not a new band, maybe for you, but they are for me. Um, 2006 is quite a leap <laughs> forward.
0: That's you know? 15 um, years
1: after the watershed. It is, it is. Um, but no, I have listen- I think for me as well, Like, I've, I haven't. I, I lost my iPod ages ago and I've never had iTunes. And you know, I was joking the other week that I've just gone and got Spotify for the first time ever. And I've only recently just got an iPhone. So I've actually been walking around like listening to music. And actually, that's the best way for me to get into music is not just listening to it at home. It's when I'm walking to work yeah, and yeah, I don't want yeah. to think about work yeah. and I don't want to think about anything to do with that kind of stuff or my job so I can just listen to stuff. And it kind of gets me into the mood to then go to work because I have my five or 10, 15 minutes where I'm not engaged with what's going on around me. It's meditative. You walk to work, you get your metal on, fucking forget about everything else. Funny enough, it's put me in a better mood this week. Good. See, in, in all honesty, metal no, saves definitely all. Definitely those two bands, they're going into the mix now. I really, I'm, I Sacrilegious Pain reminded me of Eve Vile yeah killer from the deep feast for the damn and so wikipedia classifies them as hardcore slash extreme metal so would you say that's an accurate description
0: yeah maybe I think I think there's they've got a bit of thrash in them I think that there's a little bit of there's a little bit of hardcore in there but the hardcore's probably just taken from the breakdowns but breakdowns have been in death metal and thrash for donkey's years so it's nothing new so yeah I They've got a bit of a bit of everything. Um, check out Power Trip as well. They're definitely up your street.
2: Yeah, definitely
0: okay. up your street. I mean, they um, they lost their singer Riley Gale. I think last year was it. I think it's been it's been a good year, which is a, a bit of a shame because he was a
1: character. But they're they're definitely up your street, Power Trip. So go and have a listen. Will do. Okay. Well, that's what I've been listening to this week, and then oh, Beer Moth as well. Really? Yeah. Do you not find them a bit? I like I like Behemoth,
0: but I find them a little bit because everything's is sort of mostly the same pace. It's quite slow, and I find no, that right. I find I, it a I, little not, bit,
1: a little bit turgid. I, I listened to Behemoth, for the first time I think in twenty twenty, and um, I think I just typed in and you mean you will laugh at this? This is when I came across that band Ghost, Love Ghost. And I was like, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, and I listened to it and I was like, oh, I might have actually. Found something that's quite recent, and I'm like, Oh, for God's sake, the album's twenty ten. I'm like, Oh, wait can I just catch a break? And like, you know, I remember telling Rob about it, and he was just like, dude, they've been around for ten years. I was like, Oh, for fuck's sake. And I was really excited. I was like, Oh, I think I've just found a band, you know. And he's like, No, they've been around for ten years. I'm like, Oh fuck. Even oh, my wife was just that. like, I think I've heard of them. I'm like, Oh, for fuck's sake. I fucking love that. All right. Th- Rob's, in- th- Rob's, Rob's, Rob's interviewed them, I think. Has he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, um, I, you know,
0: I mean, so many journalists rave over Ghosts, and obviously they're massive now. They play huge arenas and and whatnot. They've just they're in the UK at the moment, I think. Um, but the whole the whole the whole concept well, that what they do, <clears> the, the the presentation of it, the, the the characters, the stories behind it all, it's 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 brilliant. And this in this day and age um, where there's not a lot of innovation I, in heavy metal,
1: Ghosts do something a bit different. And I, sorry, I did. I went away and listened to Sabaton. What do you think? Um, if you write a song about the Bismarck, <laughs> you can't, you can't really do that much bad, you know. Bad. I mean, I mean, I, the, 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 I mean, I'm, I'm actually even thinking about using it in my GCSE history lessons. <laughs> okay, no, I mean, this is a song called Versailles. I mean, you know, I mean, like I told when, you, when every, got... every
0: song's about war.
1: No, no, you're right, it is. But it's not just about war. I mean, I mean there's one, what there's, what's it, one they're called um, uh, Rock's Drift. Uh, what else is there? Uh, is it the eight, someone one about the 82nd Airborne. There's one, I think there's at least two songs about the Crimean War, Charge of a Light Brigade. Um, you know, it's just like, I mean, it's, you've, you've I mean, I'm sure we're going to, we can bring this background in a bit when we talk about Maiden. But, I mean, these, this is very literal. Yeah. When they, when yeah, they yeah. you know, this is like, this song is about the Bismarck. They're not, they're not subtle. You no, know, there's no subtlety. Whereas, you know, one of the things that Maiden, in, in all fairness to them do do well, they've got their obvious songs, but they gave Passchendaele, but then they've got other songs which are about things things of a similar mold, which are not as obvious. And you, we do require a little bit of, okay, I, I know what I'm talking about. And that's obviously yeah, a sign of, yeah. you know, a mind at work on part of the band um probably i would say Bruce more than the others
0: yeah yeah when it comes to sort of conceptualizing and, and obviously lyrics and stuff like
1: that it is all about Bruce isn't it so you know yeah. um, which brings us round to our our main well, thesis. We'll, um,
0: we'll 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 get to that we'll uh let's let's go through anything that's happened this week in in metal um again there really isn't a lot going on at the moment so we're spreading a bit thin um disturbed have finished their new album. Oh, woohoo! Anyone give a shit?
1: Who gave them permission... I'll take that as a no. ...to write any new material? That band <laughs> were old enough to know better in 2000. <laughs> right? This is how little I think of that band. And firstly, they've cock-blocked me in the past. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Two... <clears throat> I used to have a sign above my, my desk when I was a, a manager saying, if by any chance you come down with the sickness, please make sure to phone the duty manager or myself before six or seven in the morning so we can arrange cover. The sickness, will you give it to me? What? <laughs> you know, kind of thing. I mean, and, and like, you know, the, the, the people that were, you know, in the same kind of almost age bracket as me would like that, that was hysterical. And then, like, other people were like, who who, who who are disturbed? Because I had a picture of David Draymond on the on the uh, poster as well. But you know, I, I'm just like, you know, they're just... I, I mean, they did that. They, he did that cover of the Simon and Garfunkel song. Yeah. And he, and, he, and the, the guy can obviously sing. That was massive, but, that, that song, to be yeah, fair. The single yeah, was massive. But that doesn't give you the right to make other songs. <laughs> you know? Like... Just the the sickness. The, the other song they did, voices. It's just. I'm sorry. He had the right look at the right time with the right kind of mundane, dumbed down, guitar riffs and and lyrics. And like the sickness. Will you give it to me? Whatever.
0: Go away. And, and would you like John, to get? Would you, would you like to get a word in?
2: is <laughs> I can't think of disturbed without thinking of those weird little saber tooth tusk piercing
0: stuck out of his chin yeah
2: underneath his mouth i'm just thinking what the hell are those did we ever find out
0: apparently he used to use it to pleasure the ladies yeah that says it all your silence says it all
2: isn't it yeah that's it it's It's, uh, you know why have you got your chin pierced so i could give head better yeah it's
0: pathetic but there you go that's that's disturbed um
2: um, ozzy has finished an album this
0: week as well The, the man's still alive fucking why he's still How? recording music i don't know but god knows what it'll sound like i can't i don't even really remember listening to any of Ozzy's material for
2: almost since uni days i can't even remember that, what the that album was who did he team up with recently was it like Elton john or some other like or justin bieber post malone wasn't some... it might have been. No, I thought it was someone even more embarrassing.
0: I don't know. I don't know. Let's, let's, let's move on. Ozzie's a legend, but these days, no, we don't need new material. Um, the Halo Effect got a third single up. Um, have you had a listen? Because yeah, I liked it. I'm, um, I'm, you know, I'm sort of licking the boots of this band a little bit, really. I,
2: I mean, it's... I don't want to say it's classic in flames, because, you know, half the band were still... In flames, where they decided to flirt with nonsense. Um, yeah. But it's it's nice hearing that bad guitar harmony. Um, as it, if you were sort of still back in the late nineties. It's proper. Um, it's proper Swedish. Isn't it? the, the new this
0: new song though, yeah. it's it's very melodic. If you if you took Stanner's vocals out of it and gave it sort of clean vocals, it's almost classic rock. Yeah,
2: and, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna cop, cop some flack here based on a, our earlier WhatsApp exchange, but. They name themselves after a track, after a Rush after song, the final yeah. Rush album, yeah. um, Clockwork Angels, which was yeah certainly their best album in years. So on uh, but yeah. the but
0: the bass player yeah. Peter Peter was is um he was whatever you want to call it he he's got a bar stroke restaurant called Twenty One Twelve he's a massive Rush fan. Yeah. Oh. there we go. So yeah, that's that sort of. I think they're all massive Rush fans. Actually, I've heard Michael Stanner talking about. Uh, he's a, he's a huge Rush fanboy. So, grunge. Remember grunge? We kind of grew up in that era. Kim Thiel, Chris Novoselic, and Matt Cameron have formed a new band called Third Secret. Have either of you two listened to it? I listened to it and thought it was absolute dog shit.
2: I mean, I'm curious because I can I can tell it's got the Kim Thiel guitar sound on it. So, as a Soundgarden, you're a Soundgarden fanboy. fan
0: on you, yeah, yeah.
2: I, I, yeah, I'm curious to hear more, but. If if a whole project is like that, I'm I'll probably lose interest because it's, you know, it's okay, but it's just fairly standard '90s alternative acoustic. Yeah. Um, there's nothing that really distinguishes itself as as grunge. I mean, but you know, where's where's a Matt Cameron, Chris kind of stuff happening? Yeah. So it's it's a bit of an odd one to lead with. Um, if I'm honest with you. Yeah, I, I, um, I wasn't, I wasn't it really, it. really impressed.
0: I mean, I, I only listened to one song to be fair, so I'll give a a couple of others ago, but yeah, it, it didn't really
1: do it for me. Padre, did you ever listen? So I've, I've listened to like three or four new things this week. So that's like me maxed out. Okay. <laughs> right, well, I, I, to be I honest, don't have enough. I don't have enough brand. To be honest, you're He's not, you're not on. missing, that's you're not true. missing
0: anything. So but, but like, go,
1: going it. back to this, this rush thing. Right. <laughs> so I've got, do we have to? It. Yes. You, uh, so I knew a guy once called Vasili in Athens. God. And, uh, he was um he represented greece in the eurovision you know, i'm thinking about in the uh, late 70s early 80s and uh, he's actually you know good mates with vangelis as of Charity of <laughs> fire blade runner fame um and uh, he was te- he used to live in london he was telling me a story once he was he was he was in a bar in soho with vangelis hanging out and rush came in and like vangelis was like a big fan of rush he was just like we need to jam and he's just like we need to find a studio. And, it, and like he goes, and, it, and it's, it, it's, it sounds like a Del Preston story, but he's just like, so like he goes, there's me, Vangelis, Rush, and Tito Puente. Tito yeah, Puente? Seriously, seriously. <laughs> in, in, a, in, 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 a, in a recording studio at midnight in London and Vangelis is trying to lay down tracks because he's a big fan of Rush. And um, I, think, uh, I think, I think I think well actually played Rush at the Barbican. Um, in some kind of capacity, I know, I, I, you know, but yeah, just, just, to this day, I, I think, quite, quite simply, one of the most interesting people I've met, you know, in my travels. Um, bought a uh, when Eric Clapton and Cream first toured Athens, they ran out of money and couldn't afford to get home, so he bought Clapton's amp of him, so they could buy a van to drive back to the UK. Nice. Yeah, you know? and and, and the, none of the and this 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 is this is not one of these people who's BSing it. Like, you know, it, it's. Yeah, anyway, I just thought I'd get that in. I just thought that's quite a cool stuff. The T-Tech Puente thing is the the addition that just makes you go, what? That's that's the cherry on the icing on it's, the cake. There's
2: going to be a lot yeah. of cockheads there if they're, if they're listening. Yeah, uh, yeah. Fucking yeah. Vangelis teaming up, and there's recording somewhere. I'm trying not to uh, get excited myself.
0: Lastly, Machine Fucking Head, uh, new song, Choke on the Ashes of Your Hate um machine ed by numbers anyone had a listen yeah yes
2: yeah, like you said
0: machine head by numbers oh
2: have you have you still got yeah. issues oh bless <laughs> not, i'm not sure that scandinavian diagonal woes a you know helping was, was, was the burn, was the public was the
1: public therapy session that was the burning red not enough for you public have therapy you, session. Have you, have you have you still not jettisoned your emotional baggage Oh bless. Piss off.
2: No, no we've got we've got to credit them. I mean The, the Awakening and On Two, The Locust was Yeah.
0: They they've, and, they've and, had some they've had some moments. I've I've never been the, the biggest Machine Head fan. Obviously Burn My Eyes in ninety five was was a decent album to be it, it was. It genuinely but I,
1: was. But. It, it, but it's one of those things where the, the front man puts people off. You reckon? I, I yeah, I, I I just I just find him very you know just self, self self-loathing, and at the same time, self-obsessed. And I know he's got, to be serious, he has got issues. He's, you know, the well-documented. I'm not talking about drug issues or stuff like that. I'm talking about stuff that happened to him when he was young. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but at the same time, you know, does everything you write have to be like a catharsis? Yeah, I, I get you. Even just the title of
0: this song, "Choke on the Ashes of Your Hate," it's it's not stuff like that. It's, it's not subtle, is it?
2: You're well into your fifties now. It's
0: yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's sort of time to sort of move on, and it. But Machinehead fans will love it, and like we've talked about before, if you stick to a if you stick to a formula, where Machinehead went off their formula with the Burning Red and Supercharger, which
1: just appalling.
0: Um, but this is—they lost loads this... of fans, but now they're back to doing what Machine Ed do. their, their, their fans yeah, are loving like, it. So.
1: Isn't this part of the problem? Like you know, you know the the, the you, you've got bands which have a formula, a formula. Sorry, and like like Maiden for example, and it's an accessible formula. It doesn't really. It's not predicated on some kind of like young angry man, like angry at the world, pissed off at everything they're not that type of band. Machine Head were. They're a very, very much a band for the disenfranchised, very much a band that are like, you know, who like to, you know, write about songs about hating things. Yeah. And can you honestly do that in the, in when you're in your fifties and still attract a younger fan base, or are you only writing songs and material to appeal to other 50 year olds? And I'm sorry, if you're in your fifties and you're still angry at the world, then you've got to like you've got to turn that lens on yourself, because it's just as much what you're doing. You know, that's a fair and point. Not, and I'm not talking about being pissed off with what Putin's doing or being pissed off with the conservative government. You know, I'm talking about like you know that, that kind of rage which can like you know eat away at you. Yeah. And if you don't deal with it, you know, you know, I'm, I'm sure I'm, I'm I doubt listening to Machine Head is. Going to be any any kind of therapy for you probably gonna enjoy it's gonna make make you worse but like i said machine
0: head fans will probably love it so you know that's that's kind of all that matters um should we move on and and talk about you know the biggest heavy metal band in the world can you hear that
2: you know is there enough is there <laughs> enough to talk about bad news you can, br- can hear a brush a sweeping sound they- <laughs>
0: Are they? Are they the biggest heavy metal band? Of course they are. If Lars Ulrich looks up to them, they're the biggest heavy metal band in the world.
1: I'm sure Sharon Osbourne would have something to say about it. Fuck
0: Sharon Osbourne. No one gives a shit about her opinion. She's on the US version of Loose Women. Is she? Yeah, so no one gives... I think she was even on it here. She's probably been on the UK version as well. I don't know. No one gives a fuck about Sharon
1: Osborne. Is, is it just is it just me, or is that literally the worst name for a TV show? What loose women? Yeah, I mean, it's just like did they did they realise that it doesn't mean what they think it means? This is going down a dark rabbit hole. Yeah, a hole, but
0: not a rabbit hole. <laughs> I, I mean, ah, oh, just anyway, let's let's forget about Sharon Osbourne and and loose women. Let's let's get on with um with fawn and over maiden for, for an hour or so um, so this week but
1: I haven't come here to fawn
0: shut the fuck up this week uh, Seven Son of a Seventh Son was 34 years old and I think like two or three weeks ago the number of the beast was 40 years old so it's almost as old as the three of us here um, so I think it's worth it is worth licking their boots a little bit because you know Seven Son of a Seventh Son 34 years ago that was the first sort of maiden that i heard albeit i was very young but that was the first maiden i heard so that album has has a big impact on me um but just quickly before we move on which is better seventh son or number of the beast because seventh son is all since and it's made in the
1: late 80s and number of the beast was the album that sort of broke them so which is the better album i just i just want to address this 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 first why are you obsessed with licking boots? This is like the third time we've raised it. I was I was hoping
0: you were gonna say that because I've been I've been saying it. i, I thought Just I'd say it as many times. Things. I thought I'd no say no one wants it. to well, see your tongue. I'm normally again. licking doorknobs trying to catch COVID, but I thought I'm gonna drop something in this week. Have you not had it yet? And no, because I'm 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 too attractive. Um I thought I'm gonna drop something in this week. I keep repeating myself because I've been repetitive previously. I'm going to see how long it takes you to notice. So I noticed it on the first one. To be fair, I only got three three goes in before you noticed it. So, But I'm going to carry on licking boots. I, I will lick Bruce's
1: boots as much as I want. Now you, no, this, this, you're clearly not talking about boots. This is euphemistic. <laughs> you want to lick something else, don't you? Look, if it's Bruce's, I'll lick it. I don't care. Uh, okay, no, seriously. The back to your original question. Um, I would go for Number of the Beast myself. And I reckon you're going to go the other way.
2: Well, yeah, that's a uh, far, far better album. Oh, and I'm clearly, uh, I'm clearly biased because, again, like you, that's when I was first exposed to Maiden as a wee nipper. Um, although, strangely, my childish lack of attention span and I didn't really follow through on giving them a go after I heard "Can I Play with Madness." But um, no, I think, I think, I mean, it appeals to me just because you have got that slight synth edge, anyway. But I think as a piece of work a creative piece of work as a whole you know there's always nothing there's pretty much nothing wrong with it there's no there's not not a single bad song on it and it just it's just i I'm agree it's perfect but it's certainly brilliant but with beast yeah I, I mean i suppose individual songs may well be the best you know their best songs yeah but it's also got invaders like, uh, exactly it's got invaders you know if you include ganglands gangland. It's, it's, yeah it's you
0: know one.
2: it's 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 a great album but it's yeah it it's it's flawed um and you know i think they were still you know a sort of band in transition um, it's probably more
0: it's probably more impactful than Seventh son of a seventh son because yeah once maiden got to seventh son they were already massive and, and and that just kind of took them to another level maybe but number of the beats going from paul diano to bruce dickinson that was you know like you said that transition was was massive so it, it, it's yeah it's probably more impactful but i agree i agree with you and i think Seven son is is a better album i think it's it's almost flawless songs like the clairvoyant the title track moonchild the first time well the only time I actually i've seen made and play that live that song, Bruce's vocals. It doesn't really
1: get much better than that.
0: So, Padre, you lose.
1: Nah, I'm sorry. I'm just like, and I and I and I think this is this is part of my, you know, I I do have a, a few minor issues with Iron Maid. and I'm not one of those people who are going to start. You know, I don't. I'm not going to drag this in any way shape or form towards any kind of conversation where we start comparing Maiden to other bands I'm not interested in that I'm, I'm you know I'm, I've never really gone in for the whole Maiden Metallica thing I don't know it's boring I don't think you can compare the two it's no, not a fair comparison no, definitely. Um, you know you know you, you're better off comparing Metallica versus Megadeth that's a much more interesting conversation because in the same genre for example and the, the two still are so intertwined anyway yeah um, I just uh, I've, I've, I, I I do I, I do really like Maiden. I just I mean I'm not I'm not as big a fan as, as the two of you. In you know uh, I've only ever seen them live once, and that was in the Shepherd's Bush Empire. But, yeah, but um, what a way to see them live! Oh, awesome! Totally
0: great. stripped yeah, back, yeah.
1: and you know that 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 was amazing. That totally just the goal. Fantastic! I, 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 you know, awesome night, like, great. You know, really glad I got to sit. You know, the only time I've seen them is in in a, in a small venue. Um, I just think that it seems to me that I I don't think they've ever really come up with an album that's good all the way through, and I think it's almost as if like three or four songs off every album they do are really good, and the other few are kind of meh or slightly better than that.
0: Yeah, I I, I see your point. I do see your point. A, a number of the Beast is one of those albums, but they they've they've this. There's so much of their work, so many of their albums that have come so close to being the perfect metal albums that no one else has got that close. I mean, all right, you could say Master of Puppets gets close, but I can't really think of any other metal albums that that do, that you, you could say, yes, it's the perfect metal album. But Maiden, I think, have come close. But Anthony's just said he disagrees. But you think they've got albums that are perfect all the way through?
2: I don't. I don't want to say perfect, but I don't. I wouldn't. I'd. i say certainly there are albums where there are a bad song on there.
0: No weaknesses. Basically. Which albums?
2: No, yeah. So Seventh Son, um, Power Slave, uh, Killers. I would say Killers, Power Slave is a better album. I would I do, say yeah. Power Slave. Power Slave. I think Power Slave is a better album than Seventh Son. Um, and I'm, I i don't know, I, I think somewhere in time, I know, you know, it's got its detractors, but again, I can't think of a bad song on it. Even if it's not great or brilliant, I, I can't think of any songs on it that I would say are bad. But that, that's that's to me. But, well, let's go back to um, Killers
0: for a minute, because me personally, I think Killers is one of, and this is a sweeping statement, I think Killers is one of Maiden's weaker albums. Coming after the debut, which is so good. I, I think it's weak, not well. I, no, I, I I'll, I'll take that back. I don't think
2: it's weak. I just think it's one of their weaker bodies of work. Yeah, yeah I, but... I don't know. I, I, it's it might just be me, but I I think they they just they 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 manage to sound both a bit more raw and a bit more polished at the same time. Um, and I think it just it it, it motors on at a bit more um, a bit more pace. I mean, you know, my favourite track. My favorite Maiden track, full stop, is "Killers." is a title track. I'll give you um, that. I'll give you that. That's a great song. It's it's just phenomenal. It's you know the way it just sort of gallops along at a ridiculous pace. It doesn't let up, and it's brilliant. But it's I don't know. It just feels, I you know, the first album, yeah, it, it it's amazing, but it's a, it it sounds like a debut album. Um, I think "Killers" takes that and you know improves in in different ways and sounds more confident. Um, and yeah, I, I, I really do feel it's an incredibly strong album. Do you, think, um, do you
0: think it's better than the debut then?
2: Not by much. Okay. Um, and again, I think we're, we're in that sort of territory where people could say, you know, it, it's maybe the, the debut's got more iconic tracks. Yes. Uh, similar to Number of the Beast, but I think just as an overall piece of work, similar to Seventh Son, yeah, I, I think it, you know, just trumps the debut album. No, yeah, I, that's
0: I, just me. I I get you, and and yeah, you're right about the debut. The debut does have, you know, the the most iconic tracks, and it's got Phantom of the Opera. Fuck's sake, it's got Prowler, it's got Running Free, you know, some of Maiden's best, and even, you know, even seeing Bruce sing those songs, many times over the years, you know, they 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 sound they sound amazing. Phantom of the Opera for me, is just Maiden that their sort of absolute pompous best, and as Padre will we'll say it's the closest they ever got to Thrash Metal, and certainly if you listen to the version on Live After Death, because it's just that much quicker.
2: Yeah, of course, you can't oh, think really. of Phantom of the Opera without thinking of Lucas Aid. Daily Thompson. Well, Daley
1: Daily Thompson. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, I, unfortunately, people later on, and this, I think this is when we were at university, Was um, it was the bloody KFC Tower Burger advert. Yeah, it was. Do rubbish. you remember that? Yeah, that was that yeah. was Lou. That yeah. that was you know. I mean, and that and that's why you know, I Maiden, you know, prostituted themselves there <laughs> for 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 a, a chicken burger that's not even that great. I'm sure Charlotte i the mean, did that. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna lend your song, lend one of your most iconic songs to a chicken sandwich, it's got to be Popeyes. <laughs> you know. Just not, not KFC. Come on, please. Let's, let's go back. You just mentioned Charlotte the Harlow. Let's go
0: back to that. Because obviously Charlotte the Harlow then goes into 22 Acacia Avenue and then goes into Heaven Can Wait. I just think that that kind of thing that Maiden do, they they do so well. You know, that's, Was, that's... Wasn't there a
2: fourth track as well? It wasn't From Here to Eternity? Oh, sorry. From Here oh, to
0: Eternity, well. not Heaven Can Wait. From Here to Eternity, wasn't it? The,
2: oh, yeah.
0: That... Um, they just sort of tell that same story over three songs over the space of like eight or nine years, and yeah, this is that, that sort of subtlety that, that I love. Hey, look, I, I something I found this week when I was doing a little bit of um research on Iron Maiden fanboy nonsense. Um, The Guardian, of all people, uh, have done a top 30 Iron Maiden
1: 30 yeah, greatest songs. Who the hell? Gave, them gave the Guardian permission <laughs> to comment on anything that I am made and have ever done. That you know, I read that newspaper out of protest because I won't I won't sully myself in like the, the gutter of anything to do with Rupert Murdoch. Oh. The Daily the Daily Mirror is just
2: Guardian's
1: not Rupert Murdoch. Guardian's no, not Murdoch, No, is no, no. I, I said I read The Guardian out of protest. Oh, sorry. <laughs> because I won't... I am not going to read the Daily Toreograph.
0: The Daily Telegraph.
1: The Express and the Mail... Well, I'm, that's that's whatever. You know, they can Look, piss off. The, the Daily
0: Mail, we as metal fans, as alternative, whatever you want to call it, should always be anti-Daily Mail because that paper is absolute filth. They are that, vile, it, disgusting
1: scum. This, this is the thing. What, what, what people tend to forget, and, you know, short memories, is that the Daily Mail and the Daily Express were the you know, the quintessential press barren newspapers, Rothermere and Beaverbrook, and, um, and Northcliffe as well. And I think it was the Daily Express in the 1930s actually ran a competition where people could write in and tell, tell the Daily Express why they felt that Oswald Mosley's black shirts were the, you know, future of British politics. They were giving away tickets to fascist rallies while their press baron owners were smoozing with Goebbels and Hess. You know, And then people are like, oh, you know, the Dirty Mill's right wing. Of course they're right wing. They've always been right wing. Yeah. They've always been that. Yeah. You know?
0: Right, I'm, I'm going to... Um, I think I might have to ban you from talking about politics, but... sorry. sorry. <laughs> Um, um, yeah. all right, to, be fair, managed, to be fair I've to, this to this article
2: myself so far over two episodes
0: <laughs> uh, to be fair to this article it's not necessarily as obvious as you think it may be from a mainstream newspaper I mean number 30 is Burning oh. Ambition which is a B-side on Running Free so, who wrote
1: this article?
0: Uh, I don't know, some cunt um, oh, yeah he's, he's a music journalist. oh it's Alexis Petridis
2: wasn't he Alexis Petridis, didn't he write for Kerrang? No no he's 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 more of a sort of NMEQ q type. Um he's he's got credibility. He's no, like we we, he's we got, don't but... we don't
0: need his life story, fucking. Um, um I, you know you're probably thinking about Alex, Alexander Milas. That's it. That's who I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no no. All right, let's let's just fucking move on then. Um but yeah, there's there's some um there's some slightly odd choices in in here. Um number 26 is Dance of Death, the title track from the Dance of Death album. Um which
2: it's not bad, but yeah. I certainly wouldn't put it in one of Maiden's top thirty. I I wonder if they've there's an element of just trying to sort of spread things out because they've realised they've actually got too much stuff from you know in the glory days and they want to say, Well, there's some good stuff in the last twenty years, but they can't really differentiate. Well, there has been some good stuff
0: in, in the last twenty years. So number twenty four is the longest day from Matter of Life and Death. I love that album. Absolutely love it. When they played it in full, I really enjoyed seeing that i I thought it was like there's one or two weaker songs but there's some great tracks on the album
2: it's i think it's like i mean like the clansman at number 18 and it it's certainly you know in terms of blaze stuff it's it's very listenable but it's you know it's made in by numbers isn't it it's a bit long sure as well you know top 20 is again it just feels like oh you know stick a stick a blaze song that's you know, okay in there just to...
0: Yeah, I I get you. But the the Klansman Live has has its moments, yeah. but yeah, it's a bit long and it's a bit it's a bit turgid. But if that's eighteen, number nineteen is Alexander the Great and that's a that's a great
2: song. Yeah. I think but what surprises me and it you know, for me maybe this is a weird one to say, is why that they put the title track off Seventh Side of the Seventh Side of number four because again, I mean that track's great, but it works within the album. It's, I think that's, that's when it has its most power played within the album, maybe, and not on its own. Um, but, you know, in terms of big, long, sweeping, great big epics, I, I don't think it's a patch on Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner, which, you know, is, is is one of their best and probably should be higher on the list.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, Rhyme of, of the Ancient Mariner Ancient is number, thir- number
1: 13, Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. Yeah. But a number, really, no, not top I mean, I'm not, I'm not looking at the list because I'm trying to think, what's coming up. But I'm sure he put that in the top ten.
0: So like, number I mean, fi- number fifteen is, is wasted years. Wasted years is my favourite Maiden
1: song. Um I'd put that in the
0: top ten to be honest. I, I, yeah, I, I think, yeah, despite the fact it's, like I said, it's my favourite Maiden song, I would but put it higher crazy. than fifteen. It's, it's, um, it was, it was my brother's favourite Maiden song. So I think that's, that's kind of what. That's, that's kind of why I picked up on it, but it's it's a, just a faultless song. And when you've got things like The Wicker Man, at number 11, which is a decent Maiden album opener, but it it, it did reek of Blaze Bailey. Fear of the Dark at number 10 um, only comes into its own live. Studio I'm, just, I'm sorry. that fear you know, yeah. of the
1: dark. of The album is. I'm, it, if it wasn't for that song, what what merit would that album have?
0: No, nah, not a great deal, to be honest. But then, Maiden weren't exactly on form then, were they?
2: Yeah, I mean that's is every it's it's over by about three songs, and each song's about two minutes longer than it needs to be. Yeah, you 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 you, you edit that, and it's well. Mind you, though, when
1: you when 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 you when you listen to um. Hallowed be Thy Name on on number of the beast. It just doesn't. It doesn't have the effect that it does when you see it live.
0: Yeah, and the the, um, alive, the version of that on live
1: after death,
0: I think it's I think it's something like twenty seconds shorter, and and it it just it takes on a whole new
1: life. Well, the, the thing is, I, I don't know. Have you seen those? Um, I mean, there's a plethora of them now, but. The song reaction videos are all over YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you've got, you know, people listening to so-and-so for the first time, half of them, which, I'm sorry, I think are just absolutely staged. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they've, they've in, they in themselves, they've become formulaic. Uh, but the, uh, there's the, the, the you've now got vocal coaches listening to X, Y, and Z for the first time. And there's a, there's a couple of them where they listen to Hello Be Thy Name Live. And that they're telling you why what he's doing is actually incredibly impressive yeah so yeah i mean i mean and then there's another there's another guy a classical music composer who like listens to songs and explains why they're pretty good or pretty shit and he's he, he's obviously got built you know and again he's on the surface of it, it looks like he's not listened to much maiden or ever listened to maiden before so when he's listened to this material he's listened to it for the first time and he, he seems to be quite complimentary of it. Funnily enough, if you go and look it up, I try and find the link for you. But you know, everyone's like, oh, you know, you've got to, you've got to review X One, and you've got to, you've got to review Holy Wars by Megadeth. And he absolutely pans it. Really? Like, he, so he pans Holy Wars, and I, I mean, I mean, and he, he he says it's not bad. He goes, but like he, he goes, I don't know why that's the song you chose for me to to review. Like, he goes, he goes that because he's then gone away and listened to some other Megadeth songs. And he said, there's actually much better Megadeth songs. So, you know, um I don't know. I, I fucking love Holy Wars. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah, yeah. It's great. But yeah. know, he, but he's, yeah. what
1: I'm saying is these things are worth checking out because I think you, we can talk about Maiden all day. But I think when you go away and see some of these videos, especially the ones that, are, that either come across as legitimate or are legitimate, and you, you, you kind of, remember to some extent what it was like when you first heard those songs yeah and you know it's it's, it's, it's quite easy to lose that and i think is you know pe- people can t- people can take the piss out of i made Maiden are a very easy band to take the piss out of because yeah. they are fucking cheesy to some extent and i think one of my criticisms of them is that they've done very little to assuage that now you could argue that's because they're actually very secure in what they do
0: yeah, Probably. they they
1: didn't
0: give a shit. They didn't give yeah, a shit. It's,
1: yeah. it's their formula, yeah, yeah. and they'll yeah, they'll do it. You know, but at the same time, it's like they don't really do themselves an injustice. But do they do the genre in a wider capacity an injustice? You could say that you about did. the whole new wave of British heavy metal, though. The, the 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 spandex, the the overblown stage sets, the 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 the, the kind of almost to some extent the pretentious song, song uh, choices like remember, 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 Mariner. we can say it's a great song but you know All right, uh, I'll tell you what
0: this... we'll, 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 we'll come back to that let me finish off this sort of top 30 I mean sorry let's just go with the top 3 because like I said seven Son of seven Son is number 4 number 3 is Ace's High number 2 is The Trooper and number 1 is Hallowed Be Thy Name um, like Hallowed Be Thy Name like you said it's not it's not my favorite Maiden song, um, but does that one song epitomise what Iron Maiden do over any yes. other song they've ever written? Yes. Yeah. It's it's Very archetypal nice. Iron Maiden. You know, not it's just it's long, it's overblown, it's got big chorus, big finish. It's sort of Bruce's vocals are absolutely off the scale. It's um. Yeah, it's, it's out there on its own. So I, I, I kind of get why they've got How to Be Thy Name as as the number one song, but it's it's an interesting read because, like I said, there's there's a few things in there that you wouldn't necessarily expect to see. There's obviously Number of the beast, There's Two Minutes of Midnight, and things like that. What to number's the hills. Run to the Hills? Run to the Hills is number 12. And again, uh... run runs to the Hills to to Maiden is like Paranoid to Black Sabbath, isn't it? They're they're sort of like you know the big songs that everybody knows, but that doesn't take away from the fact they're great songs. People people who slag off Paranoid should not listen to heavy metal, as far as I'm concerned. Yes, it's Black Sabbath by numbers. If you want, it's not their best song or, or whatever, but and Run to the Hills is the same. You can't not like those songs. Yeah.
1: yeah, you're right. You're right. I am right, of course. I'm. I mean, I, right. I, I, I think, I think, so, some of my favourite songs by Maiden are like, I, I, I'm quite a fan of "To Tame a Land." Oh, that's the um, song about June, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, June, June. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think, and I, 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 that's one of the things I like about Maiden is that they, they do kind of cast a wide net. When they look for material to write about, and and again, and I think this can come down to one one of two ways of looking at it. You've got you know you've got a coin, and there's two sides to it. And one is you can say they look at they look throughout literature, and history and religion, and they draw from that in order to come up with concepts, album titles, album uh, ideas, song lyrics, and everything. And the other thing you can say is that actually they're not that widespread they don't throw a wide net and they've kind of got these repetitive themes so i mean i think to some extent they they, they uh, they're quite polarizing yeah. in terms of uh i mean I, t- I don't i i don't actually know that many people who like metal and don't like iron maiden and i think i found a quote online from mike Patton. Yeah, who said, you can't really trust someone who doesn't like Slayer. <laughs> Could that be applied to I Maiden? I mean... As, as, a, as like, a metal if, fan, yes. If you like heavy metal and you don't like Maiden, then I'm sorry, there's something a little bit suspect about you. And maybe a whiff of the hipsterism. Yes. You closer. know, like... So, I think... I, I, Maiden are from the east end of London. They are a working class band. They yeah. are a band who would probably quite happily share a beer with you for five minutes. Yes. On a very busy schedule, just maybe like back in the day, Bon Scott would. Yeah. Um, lots of other bands. I'm sure before they went a bit up their own ass, Metallica were the same. Yeah, you're probably right. I think, Maiden, I think Maiden have done a much better job of keeping themselves grounded. Um, I th- Like I said, they don't give a fuck, but at the same time, they neither do they take themselves far too seriously. Although they do, I think this is the other thing. I think they have the propensity to do that, to be, to be taken that way sometimes.
0: Yeah, but again, going and... back to my earlier comment, that's that's new wave of British heavy metal, isn't it? That's it was always a little bit, while it's, it has a massive influence on everything that came after it, like Metallica for instance, you wouldn't have Metallica without the new British Heavy Metal, but it, it is easily ridiculed, the whole the whole movement, bands like, you know, if you go a little bit further down the levels, bands like Angel Witch, you know, it, it's, it sounds cheesy, but it's still, you it's leave the damn witch good. out of this. It's still leave. damn good heavy metal. Whether you like it or not, it's still damn good heavy metal.
1: Yeah. Okay. The only band on that list that d- deserve derision are Saxon. I don't and... know. I, I've I've oh. de- I've
0: developed. I've I have developed more of a liking for Saxon in recent years. I've
1: never been that a fan, a... but I, I mean, I think I think this could be a discussion at a later date. But I would like to say that that is a really good name for a band. Wasted. <laughs> Wasted, there's, there's a band, and, and also, and also, a really good name for a heavy metal frontman, Biff Bifford. Wasted, pissed away, it's a missed opportunity. <laughs> That's a sweeping statement. I mean,
2: to, to be honest, if you're thinking about you're talking about Norbham, you can go to any vinyl exchange in West London or North London, and the, the metal section is basically just cheap Norbham vinyl yeah. bands that. Never made it, you know, one or two albums here and there. You know, it's basically an endless stream of Tigers of Tigers Pantang. Tigers of
0: Pantang. That's exactly the band I was thinking
2: of. <laughs> I've always been tempted, if I had a bit of money to spare, just, just buying any of the cheap ones just for laughs, just to see what, you know, what they're like. Because they probably, on vinyl, they probably sound pretty decent.
0: They probably sound exactly uh, how they're supposed to sound.
2: Exactly. That's the whole point of the album. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. And... Without the new, like I said before, without the new wave of British heavy metal, we wouldn't have many of the bands that we love now. So, I mean, Lars Ulrich was a, I'll say it again, Lars Ulrich was a bootlicker of the new wave of British heavy metal.
1: Seriously, if you want to lick something, (laughs) don't lick your wife. (laughs) (laughs) Lick um... your kids. Lick a stamp.
0: Lick a fucking stamp. Um, unpopular made an opinion.
2: Hit me. And Yeah, I'm going to... Um, yeah. This is what i confirm confirmed to you. I think... <laughs> I think the final frontier is better than A Matter of Life and Death as an album. But you're wrong. <laughs> but I'm sticking to it. But you're still wrong. You're so, so, know, so I wrong. I don't know what it is. it is. It's... I just when I was doing a sort of Sweet for a Maiden stuff not that long ago, I you know, I certainly don't dislike Matter of Life and Death, but I finished the album thinking it's it, it felt a bit like they were treading water, if I'm honest with you. And The Final Frontier just felt fresh. Um, it felt... I think someone someone said that actually you know, Matter of Life and Death was, was maybe a bit more prog. Yeah.
0: yeah uh, kind of, kind I don't, I don't know.
2: Maybe it was, but for me, Final Frontier, I think, has... It has has more interesting stuff going on in terms of in terms of its sounds and its time signatures I, I don't know it, it just yeah i know it's it an unpopular um opinion but i think yeah i, I would rather listen to to that album than matter of life and death
1: All
0: right, i'm not talking to you anymore
1: padre unpopular yeah, opinion I, I've, I've got well i've got a, a slew of things i can say um i think I remember. I remember talking. No, not talking. I remember reading. Do um, you, you remember I used to buy up all those old ed- editions of like Kerrang! and stuff? Yeah. For like two p an issue from Lost in Music yeah. in Cambod. it was insane. Remember, remember reading? Um, what was? What was the? La- okay, what was the last tour Bruce Dickinson was on? Fear of the Dark. Before yeah, so before he left, Maiden the first yeah uh, yeah, yeah right. Fear of the okay. Dark yeah right. So on that tour. He, he had announced he was leaving before the end of that tour, hadn't he? I believe so, yeah, yeah, and like he was and he was like performing with the band and at the same time every night telling the fans that this is going to be the last time he would see them as you know in Maiden, and he would be back at some point, point. and I remember like Nico McBain, there was a quote in like, I think it was raw magazine going, you know, he, he's going out there on stage every night telling all the fans that you know he's going to miss them, while at the same time like behind the scenes he's like kind of like you know fucking us, and I'm just thinking. Like that could be one criticism and I think they learned their lesson in the end but like there was one point where why would you do that why would why would you a band breaking up is one thing a band a band calling time and saying right we're going to do a farewell tour but like do you you've really got one one player in a band is doing a farewell tour but the other band are just like well we're, we're not finished yet that's a bit ridiculous um and I think maybe that was one of the examples of maybe Bruce Dickinson who doesn't might not come across as having a massive ego. That's when his ego is right checks His body couldn't catch. He's got a massive ego. Bruce it, it has doesn't a massive necessarily ego. come across... It, no, he it, doesn't. No, he doesn't. You're right. No, it, he doesn't. He does. he, he's not. He's not a Dave Lee Roth. He's no. not a Lazarek. He's not uh, a Vince Neal or you know the, any of the glam people. Because to some extent, he can back it up. You know, he's he's a very well spoken. He's an educated person. He
0: puts his he, he puts his ego across. Yeah, with his intellectualism, because he is an educated man. That's, that's where his ego comes through. If you listen to his podcast that's on now, which is which is good, to be fair, but that his ego does come out
1: because of, of what he talks about. Um, I think for all the conversations that you can have about Maiden being a very good live band and well worth seeing, I think they're actually too rigid when they play live. I think they don't do enough of a varied set list the set setlist in itself is formulaic, and it's like, are they playing? Are they just play, playing playing to, to uh their hardcore fans, or are they trying to bring other people into the picture? Because especially when playing Donington is one thing, because that's going to be ninety nine point nine percent Maiden fans. But you play Reading Festival, it's not just going to be Maiden fans, and you need to play other stuff. So are they a little bit rigid there? And um, I've actually found there's lo- there's actually quite a few things on reddit about this um so for example just to paraphrase some of it uh they 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 play too safe with their set lists and would benefit from switching up drastically not just between gigs but between tours too many staple songs are played and they eat away at time that could be used for different stuff that's one thing another another one and you know let me just get through a couple of these and you can respond my biggest issue with them is that they're way too, many of the, way too many of their songs are about war and religion. And after you've heard two or three of each of those song types, it becomes a predictable trope. Um, and even when they do make a, uh, a song that's not about those topics, like Quest for Fire, Maiden fans hate it because it's not the same as what they usually do. Not enough lyrical variety is another thing that I kept, I saw kept coming up. In terms not in terms of the way he delivers it, just in terms of like again going back to the what they write about. But again, I think what you're saying is what we what we've been saying is if you have a formula, why 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 change it? And we've said before that when you see bands who say, We don't play for our fans, we play for ourselves I don't think that annoys me. And I don't think it's something you can say about Maiden. I think they do play for their fans. Yeah. Um, in terms of the stage show, the the set list that they choose. But then again, I'm sure there are a lot of people out there, maybe yourself included, that would just like to see maybe a bit more variety in the set lists. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, go on, go on.
2: I I don't know. I mean, talking about the sort of um, the idea of them being quite rigid and and maybe mixing it up for someone like Reading, in some ways there's, I think the Reading play until might not go and see Maiden. You know, on their own show, on their own tour, for whatever reason. But you know, if they actually turned up at Reading, which which they have done, it'd be like, yeah, Iron Maiden. I, I can at least tick Iron Maiden off and see a big old heavy metal, you know, tour, and it's Iron Maiden. So let's let's enjoy it. And actually, there's a demand for um, a, a typically Maiden set list for something like Reading. And if anything, it's the yeah, it's the um, the other tours uh, that Maiden do that they need to mix it up I, I mean i i i think one of i would say it was it was even the best but it was the most refreshing maiden set i saw was when they um when they did that sort of secondary greatest hits tour in was it 2011 or 2012 they did sonisphere i can't remember what year it was but um they basically did a best of you know from 2000 onwards um those four albums you know after bruce returned to the band um, I mean, you know, I think of The Dark and uh, and a couple of other classic ones, but it was essentially the 2000 plus stuff for um, later years as the best of. And, and it was great. It just showed exactly how much great stuff they've got um, outside of their classic era. Um, well, well, everyone was happy.
1: I will say this, though. When you've got a band like Iron Maiden that put so much stock into that, not just the performance and the music, but the set list, not, not the set list, the scenery. It's very difficult to do a diverse setlist because yeah. if you're touring on Power Slave and you need to have the pyramids behind you, you can't then just go away and go, "Right, we're going to do seven songs off Killers today," because it just goes against what you know. I mean, they're they're very much a, um, you know, they release an album and they tour on that album, and the tour is about that album, and this is not like the this the 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 performance, the scenery. The um, the atmosphere, the special effects are part of the performance, and you can't necessarily, what's the word, when you diffuse them from each other. You can't synthesize them from each other. They're, they're part and parcel. And you're, you're, you're that's what you're paying for. You're paying to go and see that album performed. Because I think one thing you can say about Maiden is they will always tour that album they've released. They will tour it widespread, and they will go to all four corners, and they will make sure the majority of the fans at least have the opportunity to get to see them at some point on that tour. And there's, yeah, an, egalitarianism, think, there's an egalitarianism
0: to them. Yeah, I think you're right. There's, there's places in the world that made in play that, that no one else goes to. And it, it epitomises what they are as a band. Like you said, they, they play for the fans, which is great. But going back to set lists and going back to playing at Reddin when they play Reddin in 2005 that was the early years set list so you know th- there was some there were songs in that that you know you're sort of Fairweather maiden fan might not necessarily know they could that? not no I, I, I was at the um I had a ticket went, for that to be fair but then when they announced the, the Hammersmith show I went to that instead and we, we went to download that year
1: instead didn't we
0: uh, 2005. Yeah, I think yeah. we did, didn't we? Billy but, Idol. Billy Idol. Yeah, yeah. It was that. It was that year. So, so you know, Maiden could have played Red in that year in 2005 when they were doing the early years, and they could have switched it up, and they could have just played, you know, the the, the expected songs like what Metallica did when they played Glastonbury, but Maiden stuck to their guns, and they still played the early years setlist they expected. So, if there's non-Maiden fans in the crowd, then it it is what it is. That's what they
1: do. It does make me laugh when you go to a Maiden concert or you see a Maiden concert on TV or video or YouTube, and you've got and, and like people that have never been to a Maiden concert. What they don't realise is you don't wash at a Maiden concert. Of course you don't. You know. But like, oh, it's metal, so we got it. no, 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 no. You you just you, you sit there and you allow Bruce to preach to you. <laughs> That's what it is. It's a sermon. It's a metal sermon. Okay. It's preaching to the faithful, you know. It's you, you it's just, not. You just bang not, your head. It's not Slayer. It's not Sepultura. It's not Slipknot. You know. It's you 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 take it in. It's like you don't stand up when you go and see the opera. You sit down and you just let them perform. These are professionals.
0: This is the second time you've talked about opera on this podcast, and and I'm 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 getting close to having to veto it. So. How
1: can you if you if you cannot take? um opera and say oh, i you know i made in they've got an operatic style bruce bruce dickinson he's an operatic singer and then not you know come on like, like, you know, like that's been pedantic pedantic or not i couldn't give
0: two shits about opera so let's move on um the the, the whole set list thing it's they the made are in this sort of cycle of they tour an album and they do a best of tour of some description and then an album and then a best of tour and so on and so forth. And obviously at some point they're going to come to an end and they're going to do a farewell tour. Like KISS are doing at the moment, which apparently, according to Gene Simmons, is their absolute final tour. What are the songs that Maiden absolutely must play on a farewell tour? Because like you said, they're damned if you do, damned if you don't, Maiden. They could play all obvious songs, you had to be thy name and number of the beast and all that kind of stuff and appeal to your Fairweather fans, or they could go out on a farewell tour and play Roll Over Vic Vela or something like that and, and appeal to those of us that, that like the obscure. So what are they gonna do? They can't be
1: far away from doing a farewell tour. They can't. I'd like, to, I'd like to see them really throw a baboon in the works and just like play a, a Britney Spears cover. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> no seriously do you know I, I i what i'd like what i how great would this be right you when you, you you've brought up the new wave of british heavy metal a couple of times and, and said without one you wouldn't have the other um but if a band like maiden is going to retire fuck sabbath because they they we went to their retirement gig in 2000 and they 20, 20 years later, they're still fucking touring. I think it was 99, actually, wasn't it? Oh, fuck, it was, wasn't it? 99, yeah, shit. It was, it was 99, anyway, yeah. I would love for, like, you know, some of the other bigger bands to be like, OK, Maiden are retiring. Let's go out and tour with them. How great would it be to go and see Metallica supporting Maiden? Yes. And, and, and Metallica say, do you know what? This isn't about ego. We love these guys. We used to listen to them when we were kids. We want to be there when they play their last show. Who, who else is coming with us? Who else do you take? You've got Maiden headlining, Metallica doing like a ninety-minute set. Who 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 are the other two or three bands on that bill? Well, I think I, th- I think you have to kind
0: of you have to look at the bands that like well, I suppose in the same in the same vein that Metallica there. You have to look at those bands that have that that look up to Maiden in the same way you know, or bands that were there in the early days with Maiden, or bands that that sort of drove the new wave of British heavy metal. I think if you're gonna put Metallica on there, you need to put Diamond Head on there or someone like that. You need to have Jeez. kind of a different, yeah, Priest. Pri- I mean, Priest were there before Maiden, but obviously Maiden went into the stratosphere and Priest are their own thing, but they're nowhere near as big a band as Maiden are. But can you imagine a bill Four band bill: Maiden, Metallica,
2: Priest, and Diamond. Yeah, I'd rather not. <laughs> Cause just, just, I, I, I need to do a wash at some point. But
0: the the support acts would have to completely strip back. No stage show, no fucking about, no pyros, no nonsense. As if they were supporting Maiden in 1983. Completely
1: it's, stripped it's, back. It's, it's, this is the thing, right? If that happened, you'd be like, "Okay, Maiden are retiring, and they're taking Metallica out with them, right? Awesome." And then, what are we going to be left with when Metallica eventually retire? Metallica with special guests, Godsmack. (laughs) That's what's going to happen.
0: For some some reason, I knew you were going to say Godsmack,
1: or or some other shit like. 2000s band, or something, you know. I mean, oh, oh, okay, I mean, there are bands in that era that would be awesome, like Lamb of God, for example, but yeah, 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 yeah it just don't,
0: don't forget, don't forget. I mean, obviously, it didn't go that well, but Maiden went out on the Ozfest and supported Black Sabbath, so if they Maiden-
1: and, and that was a missed opportunity, and what the fuck that was that was embarrassing. What happened on that,
0: it was like, embarrassing, but the fact that Maiden, you know, like I said. Before the biggest heavy metal band in the world were prepared to go out and play under Black Sabbath, the originators of heavy metal, if you will, um, you know that that kind of says it all. That they were prepared to do that. Why?
1: What, I mean, we all know that like, she 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 cut the power. Yeah, and like he did the "These Colors Don't Run" thing. Yeah, and then the crowd, like part of the crowd, turned on them as well for some reason. Why? I don't know. But what the hell was that about?
0: That was her That was her own ego, getting out of control. At that point, she was at her most egotistical. She thought she couldn't be touched. She thought she, that she couldn't be defeated, and that's the way it was. But you take on Iron Maiden, you're going to lose. Because
1: yeah, yeah. Like,
0: this, this, this might be a bit of a sweeping statement. Black Sabbath are the originators of heavy metal. There's no comparison. But in the modern era... Maiden are still going out and putting everything into a show. Black Sabbath, I I wouldn't say parody, but certainly Aussie, look at the state of him. Whereas Maiden, I think, are still up there. Not at the top of their game, perhaps, but certainly
1: close to it. Whereas Yeah, but Aussie should have... Aussie should have given up years ago. She should have let him... And this is it, it's her prodding him like he's some kind of like you know, one of those like turkish bears on a hot plate <laughs> you know just like you know he, the, the guy you know for all his like crazy antics he's obviously you know a, a, a slightly troubled person to some yes extent. I mean, and he's been damaged from all the alcoholism and the drugs and everything and like you know you, you listen to interviews with like giza butler now and tony iomi and they're, they're quite level-headed people but yeah. Aussie's definitely got something. He's he's like, you know, he reminds me of, or or who, the, this person reminds me of Aussie. He's like he's like Paul Gascoigne. Yeah, he's like the Paul Gascoigne of metal. He's like everyone loves him. Everyone laughs at him when he does crazy shit. But we're also a little bit like. Just let leave him be now, please. Just like you know, we love him too much. Let him retire. Let, let him, him enjoy his old age with grace. Yes, with, with some grace, yes. because he does deserve a lot of, you know, respect. He deserves Black all the Sabbath. respect
0: in the world. Black Sabbath, they started it all. Without Black Sabbath,
1: we wouldn't have any of it. Let him retire. Yeah, I mean, it's like thankfully we've never been we've never be, we've never been uh subjected to a TV show called The Dickinsons.
2: <laughs> you know it's just like you know can you just
1: imagine it like like you know they cut they cut to uh um i don't know bruce's like country mansion and he's just like he's like he's like, he's like sipping testing cognac vintages, and been like this grouse is rather little underdone isn't it yes yes yeah no not the 72 no it's drinking like piss right now darling come on <laughs> you know and then he goes off to do his fencing and stuff it's like it's some kind of like lord of the manor whereas aussie's there just go sharon ugh, fucking give me another line you know he's just like yeah it is it's, it's it's sad
0: the man just needs to be left alone to retire and you know, he's going out on tour you know there's just no need for it if you had told Ozzy osborne in 1969 back in the day when they were still called earth that he'd be still touring as a musician in 2022 or 2023, actually, he'd think you're on drugs
1: because he would have been I at mean, the time. Anyway, to give Sharon Osborne credit, the Osfest was a great idea from a marketing absolutely. perspective, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, From a musical perspective, and like, I mean, I went to the first Osfest in the UK, and it was it was like it and it was it was just before Bruce got back with Maiden, yeah, and that that was the tipping point where we got back into it. We'd had, we'd had those, those dark ages of the mid-90s where we or we had nothing but Pantera. That was it. Yeah. They were the standard bearers. And that was... I saw Pantera and I was first 98. That was probably the last good performance they did because we saw them, or I saw them in Newport, you saw them in London six months later, or no, two years later, and they were absolutely god-awful. On well,
0: the rear end of the steel he, tour, yeah. He they, was, they was so were drunk,
1: he couldn't, yeah, couldn't one, remember the lyrics. They were wasted. The biggest, yeah. the the biggest cheer he got that night was when he came on stage for Satyricon. Yeah. For Satiric, he, he did he do that in London when he came on in? Yeah, sang? he did. He
0: came on the same with Satyricon, and and like I, I think I've said it before, the only time I've ever seen Pantera that night. I mean, I I was pissed. I was young. Was use. Yeah, but I, I was down in the pit, and I was I was kind of into all of that, but. After the Lord Mayor show kind of thing, it was like actually they were shit. They didn't even play for an hour. Didn't
1: play Cemetery Gates. It was. Didn't we uh, see them though? No, sorry. Didn't we see them later on? At Tattoo the Planet.
0: No, they didn't no, play. They didn't no, play was, Tattoo the Planet, did they? Because it was
1: nine eleven. Yeah, they pulled out. Yeah, that was it.
0: Nine yeah. eleven and Slayer headlined
2: it. Yeah, yeah. That was Slayer. Slayer carried they on. They were good. No, we we. It's too unsafe to come over. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> Maybe at the time, there's a you know you, you can't really judge him for it, but it's like well, other bands are. Well, I've got I've
1: got in, 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 all, in all in all respects. That, that's another great thing about Maiden is they're professional. Bruce yes. is never too pissed to play. No. Steve Harris is never too like coked up. No, not that they've ever really been into that.
0: No, they did all their drinking stuff in the 80s. Yeah, they did. They did in the 80s when everyone was in the 80s, but now they are consummate professionals. You're not going to let Bruce Dickinson go and do lines of coke and then fly a fucking plane. So it's you're not like normal pilots. So he's, like you said, he's professional. They do their thing. And their, their live show kind of epitomises that, that everything is perfectly choreographed and it all kind of fits, which is why they can't change
1: the set list night by night. I tried and, I tried to find... some some substantive uh, criticisms of Maiden on the internet. And, you know, like I said earlier, I'm not, I don't have the encyclopedic knowledge that you two guys have of Maiden. I'm one of those guys where um, I I used to have about four or five Maiden albums and CD and I've got some of the vinyl. um, But I don't have all of their stuff. And I like them and I always go and see them and I, you know, I've got got a lot of time for them uh but it's very difficult to find anything really negative about them i think they're really generally held in quite high regard um across across the spectrum whether you're a black metal fan whether you are a you know just a kind of hard rock fan you might have you might have a you know a a likening for a a few of their songs and and going back to like you know we've the last two episodes we've touched on new metal and stuff well you know that that was one of the things that used to really get on my nerves about some of the new metal fans that i used to come across back in the day is that they just they were so disparaging of iron maiden and you're just like listen this stuff that you're listening to now goes back to this and the fact that you you, the fact that even though i try and explain this to you in very in great detail as why this stuff that you listen to comes from this stuff you you are just like it's almost as if like it's like a, a a seventy year old man trying to you know talk about back in the day and you've got no idea. I mean you're the same age as me for God's sake. You know what you're listening to is no more better than the stuff that you know, I listen to. And you and, know and, and, and what's outlasted? What what are people still paying to go and see now? That's true. That's true. The Maiden are still.
0: Maiden, Metallica, Megadeth. Well, you know, so is,
1: is, but... is is is, uh, is is Fred Durst flying around the world on a plane called Durst Force One? <laughs> and if there was such a plane, could we shoot the fucking thing down? <laughs> you know, maybe maybe get him to fly over like the Donbass region, get the Russians to like shoot a missile into it. Yeah, let's let's not go. Yeah. Let's not go there. Do you remember? Do you remember on MTV too, they used to put that sign up before they played Under the Hills, where respect is due. This is where it first started. No, I don't remember that. Yeah, fair. they used to do that. The only probably probably oh was it on Kerrang TV? It might have been on Kerrang TV. No, it was on Kerrang TV because not 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 but since when did MTV2 have any respect for metal? That's true.
0: MTV Two was all about new metal, but we will come back to new metal. I don't want new metal infiltrating an episode about I made and fuck new metal because it was just every it was just the antithesis of what
2: I, I,
1: I tell you I one thing I've is. always liked about Maiden, and again I think this goes to kind of creating a, a certain aura about them, is that they were really they were always very good at making good quality live albums, real live, one real live, dead one, real dead one, etc. etc. And like so, like if you never have the chance to see them live, you could go and buy a really good live album, could, you know, quality, well produced. And get an idea of what they're like live. And then it would like, it's almost like it's a, um, a, a, an appetizer. So when you do get to see them live, you've got a good idea of what you're going to go and see and what, what, what you're going to hear. But it kind of really gets you into it. And is, know, I th- I think, is, you know, is Live it's,
0: After Death the best live album
1: ever? Yeah, I mean, that and oh, what's the, um, I know it's a bit cliched, but I'm sorry. Live and Dangerous by Thin Lizzy is a fantastic live album. Yes, um, you know, and also just the uh, the the third CD in the Live Ship, binge and purge, the Seattle gig. Yes, that's, that's a good that's a good concert. Um, I mean, I mean, I mean oh, is, it, is it Pantera One Hundred and One Proof? Yeah, that's, that's another good. good one. Well, it's got Cemetery Gates live, and that's as
0: good as that song's ever. But mind said, you
1: though, it. but mind you though, there's something special about Live After Death. Yeah, there is. And what do you think?
2: Um, yeah, quite possibly. It's probably my favourite, but I'm, you know, disgracefully, I've probably not listened to enough live albums to really make an overall judgment. Uh, yeah, but a lot is. of
0: live albums are shit.
2: There's, there's a few that are still on the list, I think. Um, overall, I think I've got Live in Danger somewhere, but I haven't listened to anywhere near as much. And now, but I do. And, and it's not metal, but it's supposed to be an absolutely fantastic live album. Is um, stop making sense by talking heads. Um, what I've heard of that, it does sound incredible, but say that's not metal, so I won't dwell on it. Uh,
1: move on. <laughs> I mean, like, when, you, when you talk about like live, live albums that you've bought that were disappointing, right? Oh, no. So, um, the, the, do you remember the Guns N' Roses live album that came out and I think was it was it 2000 2001 the double one and yeah, I know what you mean some of it the, the quality was just like really like
0: just pants uh, the yeah. in, The Inflames live album was dreadful the, the recording on that was when, when did was that terrible. come out um, I can't even remember I think it was early 2000s maybe it was shit really badly recorded it just made all the songs sound really flat so you know but yeah, live after death, it just does it just does what you need it to do. You know and, and some of the songs that was maiden at their live peak anyway. obviously we weren't there, but you listen to it and it that just sounds like maiden at their absolute peak. And even um, like Bruce will talk about it that they got to Power Slave and they worked so hard to get to that point after Power Slave they had a hard time they struggled the band started to fall out and that was the the sort of downward spiral towards bruce leaving after fear of the dark so they had reached their absolute peak by that point they broke america which was obviously the big thing you know they were playing crazy big shows and and stuff like that so yeah it it all comes back to to power slave which we had the redux of it with the Somewhere Back in Time tour and that was the last time I saw Maiden now, which is 2008. I haven't seen it for 14 years. But seeing them play those songs, seeing them do Power Slay, seeing them do Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner, it just makes you realise how
1: amazing think they are. If Maiden do a farewell tour, they need to find a venue that's big enough. And they need, and only in the UK. And they need to do a free show free show yeah
0: like a Moscow Monsters of Rock yeah I think what Maiden need to do and their fi- the, the Maiden's final show need to be at Hammersmith needs to be at Hammersmith Apollo final shows five or seven five six seven nights whatever it is their final run do a different set list every night strip down no fucking about no pyros no show and just play what everyone wants to hear and I'll be at every fucking yeah,
1: show can, yeah but can you just imagine how how melancholy that's going to feel
0: yes but
1: if Maiden are going to go out that's where they need well, to I, go out I, I'm, I'm, I'm not just talking about Maiden though I'm, I mean like we're, we're we're not that far off from a lot of our favourite bands hanging up the hanging up the platform yeah as it were. that's true Metallica Megadeth Sl- Slayer of They've called it a day um you know a lot of I mean i mean i mean if, if i don't get to see metallica before they retire i'm not going to be i'm going to be very disappointed i'd love to be able to take you know my wife to see metallica i'd love to be able to to take my wife to see iron maiden you know um the first time i met my wife an iron maiden song came on and the people i'm going back to that bar in korea i talked to you about last yeah. week old record you know, an I Maiden song came on, you know, so there's a bit of it's not just there's a, there's a bit of sentimentality to it for me as well. But, you know, she is not a metal fan and she recognizes the fact that she said to me, that's a band I I'd be, would be interested to see live because I, I, can, I can get what you're saying. It's like it's the experience, it's not just you have to be well into the music, you can just appreciate the performance aspect for it. Yes.
0: You
1: know, um, So, like you know, I would love to be able to take, you know, you know, my wife to see Iron Maiden. Yeah, I think
0: I think you're right. We we are getting to that point now where a lot of our favourite bands from when we were young, they are getting towards the end of their careers. I think Metallica. I think you'll get one more album out of them, and then a tour of that album, and then maybe a final tour. Maiden, will they do another album?
1: I don't know. They don't need to, though, do they? Come on.
0: Do they know. really
1: need to? I mean, I I know there's the argument that we're we're not just talking about people who are that they're, they're they're paid to turn up at a pub and just perform a uh, you know a kind of preordained set list like you know when you you book it you you go through an entertainment agency and you you book someone to come down and like play a wedding or something you know yeah. so we're not talking about we are talking about artists and artists want to create new material but at the same time i mean at what point do you say okay we guess we could just because we could does that mean that to say that we should
0: maiden's problem is the way they perform and the way bruce performs and how how um how can they carry on that performance into their you know latter years kind of thing because certainly the way bruce performs how, yeah, how, how yeah, many yeah. more years can he do that for? So this, the stones are still going, obviously, and yeah, yeah. Only
1: due, only due only to whatever it is they're pumping into them. <laughs> like, I mean, I think this is the thing, right? When the Rolling Stones play, like when they, they when they play like the the, the the Copacabana beach, right? When they play in front of like half a million Brazilians and stuff like that. But then you don't ever see them again in the public limelight. So I reckon they've got like some kind of like sarcophagus. They, they they put them back into and they, like you know they, and they just go away for six months and they like kind of regenerate. Well, it's like you know uh, did you did you watch the um uh, the the Disney uh, TV show uh, about Boba Fett and like every time he gets injured he goes into the Baxter tank and he regenerates. That that's like Mick Jagger in <laughs> pictures. They just put they put the they put them in the uh, in the tank and they go right. We'll we'll come back in six months time when we need you to play again. You know it's like. That they, I've got, that's what I reckon that's what happens but the yeah. the, diff,
0: the thing is Rolling Stones are fucking dinosaurs now and uh, I'm pretty sure that Bruce has always said they'd never want to become a dinosaur so they're only going to go out when they're still able to give it 100% what
1: about this right can you just picture it let's say all these bands retire and they all go and they stay at the same nursing home <laughs> right Firstly, what do you call the nursing home? Oh my god, sanitarium. Yeah. Secondly, can you imagine? You know, you know those like um, uh you know they they have uh you, you, those the quintessential room at the at the uh the the old people' say with high back chairs and the, the ashtray next to each chair with the with the initials on it and the mug and the TV's <laughs> on but no one's watching it and you just go in there and it's just like. Maiden, Metallica, Megadeth, Slayer, Priest. They're all in there arguing about shit, you know, on Zimmer frames. <laughs> and this is like, you know, there's like, there's, there's guitars and amps around the edge of the room, but they never get used, you know? It, there's like, maybe there's a pond at the back that they walk around every now and again, you know? Uh, just, that that would be, that, that, that that's a sitcom. That's a sitcom <laughs> idea, right? That is a sitcom idea.
0: Yeah,
1: I, I think you're right. If you want my,
0: all these these sort of bands are coming to the end of their career. and We just talked about Slayer. I think Slayer will be back. Yeah, I don't think okay. we've seen the last of Slayer. It's, it is it's a respite. It is. It is. I think give it at max two years, and Slayer will be back.
1: I I reckon that Robert Trujillo is going to be. Injured in a in a convenient accident and new said's gonna come back in <laughs> <laughs> it's all a ruse I don't know about that but
0: Trujillo was paid a million dollars don't forget
1: yeah. Mind you though, do you uh, did you sorry uh, Kirkca solo albums don't that I
0: haven't I, I, I did see that knocking about on social media but I haven't um I haven't licked his boots yet what do these
1: boots taste like Strawberries that you, that you keep needing to lick them. Strawberries, seriously,
2: right. man. I, you I, keep, I, t- I tell keep... you what,
0: let's um, let's let's kind of sum up because we've been sort of fawning over Maiden now for probably about an hour, and you know, people probably would have switched off by now.
1: Yeah, look, I'm I'm a are they are they gonna get listen? Could you ever to sum up, could you ever see Maiden getting honored in like the? getting a CBE or an MBE or an OBE or Sir Bruce Dickinson. Sir Bruce Dickinson,
2: fuck yeah. And um, no, <laughs> I don't think they. I, I mean, it, you know, even with their um, their, their rigmarole and the way they are, I don't think they'd accept it.
0: You know what? They, they probably wouldn't, but they they should have it. I I, I am I, hereby. I, Stating Sir Bruce Dickinson needs to happen.
1: No, I, I would I would probably say like um what's the uh, what, what give me a song title that's named after a person, a maiden song. Help me out here. Um, Alexander There you go, yeah. Perfect. It doesn't work. I'm I'm thinking more <laughs> like, you know, actually put him into the peerage. The Viscount blah, blah, blah. The Viscount Hammersmith. Yeah, the Viscount Hammersmith, Sir Bruce Dickinson. The yep. Viscount, and then Steve,
0: uh, Steve Harris can be the Viscount Donington. Well, yeah? St- Steve Harris would be the the Viscount East London, or or, or something. What,
1: what the yeah. what the Ruskin
0: Arms? The Rus, yeah, the Ruskin Arms. So you know, but yeah, you're right. I, I think you know they are never gonna be because they're a heavy metal band. They're never gonna be recognised in the same way that your likes of
1: do do iron maiden the have the best like use of the of a of a reference to metal metal name yeah i think that yeah So <laughs> like, you know metal metallica you've also got iron maiden then there's um there's a few steel panther i think we can come we can
0: we could come back around to band names and and how effective they are and, and who who yeah, who nails it the most. So yeah, we'll come back to that. But look, we've um like I said, we've we've fawned over Maiden for for ages. We love Maiden, Maiden are what they are, and um, they are the biggest heavy metal band in the world, so you know, on that note, we'll call it a night. Um we'll be back next week with more nonsense and bullshit.
1: Oh, sorry, I forgot to tell you. Oh, fuck's sake. No, I saw, I, now you'll laugh at this. I saw a, uh, a video the other day. So, your favorite band, Dream Theatre. Um, I told
0: you, I fucking told you, you do not talk about that band on this
1: podcast. Okay, so Dream Theatre have been caught lip syncing. Yes, I heard concert. about that. Yeah, and with the, with the backing tracks as well. And I, I just, I t- I'm sorry, I had to bring it up because I thought it was funny. Um, But I I would like also, at some point, maybe next week, I'd like to discuss ideas for um, chain restaurants named after or associated with hard rock, heavy metal band names or other things. So, for example, we all know Nando's, yeah? Well, have you ever thought about basing it on Star Wars and just calling it Lando's? I don't want Star Wars on this podcast. Mando's? Mando's chicken? No. Like, you know, I mean...
0: I don't fucking want Star Wars on this podcast,
1: Anthony. Come on, you work at a comic book store. Back me up.
2: I'm, I'm with Steve here. You know, let's uh, let's keep it metal.
1: Yes. <laughs> Fuck off.
2: Yes. <laughs> you of all people,
1: take them to the sarlacc and throw them in. Fuck you.
0: <laughs> right, I'm I'm calling this a night because you're getting out of hand, and no one gives a shit about your opinion. So. Um, <laughs> We will see you next week. Anybody who is still listening, fuck knows why you would be. But we will be back next week for episode four because why the fuck not? Um, Catch you later.